I don't know where you're at in your Christian walk this morning. In a, in a congregation like this, we have some people that know Jesus really well and are walking with him day by day, listening for his guidance in everything they do. There are other people that are sceptical and they think, I'm not too sure about this whole Christian thing. And so today is a healing service. And wherever Jesus went, he healed the sick. And when sick people were healed, and when people saw the power of God in healing, then that opened up their eyes. And they thought, there's something real. There's something going on here. And so I want to show you very simply and clearly that we serve a living God who is in this house with us this morning, who still heals. He loves us and he wants the best for us, body, soul and spirit. So I'm going to lead you through some teaching and I just really pray that you get it this morning, that you understand it. I'm not trying to deceive you or push you somewhere where you don't want to go, but I just pray that you open up your heart to, to receive these words that God's given me to share and hopefully you will have a revelation that God is living, that God is alive today. Now there is only one way that we can get anything from God and that is by faith in Jesus Christ. We can either have our own faith or go to someone else who can have faith for us. An example of this is a story in the Bible of the woman with the issue of blood. This light down here, um, I'm actually finding it a wee bit difficult. I'll just. And is this screen working? Okay, it's right in my eyes, sorry. Um, we'll go forward a wee bit. Okay, so an example of this is the story in the Bible about a woman who had an issue of blood. She had a problem with bleeding. Now, I'd like to read you this story from Matthew chapter 5, verses 25 to 29. It says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many doctors. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. She said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the flow of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. So here's this poor woman, been going to doctors for many years, but things only got worse. So she decided in herself that she was going to be healed. She acted on her faith, and it happened. And in Matthew 9, there's another version of the story, and it says that Jesus said to her, As your faith is, so it shall be to you. Nobody prayed for her. No one laid hands on her for healing. No one even knew that this woman was there. This woman had her own faith and she drew life out of Jesus 
by her faith and trust in him. If we are able to have faith for ourselves, we can go to a person who has faith. If we can't have faith for ourselves, we can go to someone who does have faith in Jesus. Most sick people in Bible stories came to Jesus and asked Jesus to heal them. For example, in Matthew chapter 14, Jesus departed from the people by boat and he wanted to get away and go to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard where he was, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and he healed their sick. The main reason that Jesus heals is because he has compassion. He doesn't like seeing people struggling with sickness and difficulty in life. We never hear of anyone being only half healed by Jesus. There's another story in Luke 16, verses 11 to 13. It says, On the Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in a synagogue. A woman there had an evil spirit that kept her sick for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called out to her, Woman, be free from your sickness. He placed his hands on her, and at once she straightened herself up and praised God. This, these verses tell us that it was an, an evil spirit that made this woman sick. But Jesus took authority over that evil spirit. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. So this tells us that they, they were sick because the devil oppressed them. Jesus was anointed to heal them because God was with him. Jesus was healing people who the devil was making sick. So if you're sick, don't blame God. It's the devil that brought sickness into this world. In John 10 verse 10, it talks about Satan and it says, The thief came to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it in all its fullness. So Satan is wanting to make us carry something that Jesus died to free us from. Satan wants to bring doubt in our minds with regard to the goodness of God. 1 John 2 verse 27 But as for you, Christ has poured his Spirit on you. As long as his spirit remains in you, you do not need anyone to teach you, for his spirit teaches you about everything. And what he teaches is true, not false. Obey the spirit's teaching then and remain in union with Christ. When we become a Christian, the spirit of God comes and lives within us. 
And if we are very sensitive to the Holy Spirit and obedient to the Holy Spirit, He will speak to us. And we might be praying for someone and the Holy Spirit will say, look, they have a problem with this. Address that problem. Pray for them in that way. So all believers have the Holy Spirit within them. And we also can heal the oppressed, people that are oppressed by the devil, in the name of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit will teach us and lead us in this. Let's read what happened when Jesus sent out his disciples to minister. Luke 9 verse 1. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. So here was Jesus who commanded his disciples to preach and to heal everywhere that they went. In Luke 10, verse 8 and 9, it says, Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things that they put before you and heal the sick and say to them, The kingdom of God is near you, or in some versions has come among you. The evidence that God is alive today, that these people are carrying God's presence, is that they would have authority over the sick, that they would pray and sick people would get well. So he said, preach and then heal. Or heal and then preach. Whatever, you way, whatever way you want to do it, it's fine. Just do it. Some people will listen to what you say, but won't believe until they see the results. Others won't listen to a word that you say, but heal them, and then they'll want to listen. In Mark 16, verses 15 to 18, it tells us the very last thing that Jesus said to his disciples before he went up to heaven. This is what he said. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will, not be, will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We can minister to people in the power of the Holy Spirit and God will com confirm that word with healing. John 14 verses 12 and 14. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Do you know where Jesus is now? He is at the right hand of the Father in heaven, interceding for us, empowering us. But we can do more things that, than Jesus did, because Jesus could only be in one location at a time. But his Spirit is now in all of us, and his Spirit can work wherever believers are around the world. In John 20, verse 21, 
So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. This is the Great Commission. God said to all believers, You also have this authority in my name. The criterion for doing the same works that Jesus did is to believe in him. So we are sent out in the same way that Jesus was. We're sent out by the Father, by Father God. And in Mark 16 verse 20, And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, and in, Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, and in much assurance. So the power of God brings proof and assurance, and allows God's kingdom to invade earth. We have authority in the name of Jesus. God's authority gives us permission to heal. Jesus would speak directly to the sickness or the spirit in a person. He would rebuke it and he would command it to leave. We have authority to rebuke the devil and tell him to leave, to get off people in the name of Jesus. Think of a demon as a stubborn dog that doesn't want to get out of the lounge. You've got to tell it to go. Get out. Out you go. In Acts chapter 19, verses 15 to 17, there's a story about people that were praying for the sick, but they didn't have that authority that they were supposed to have, and they got into a little trouble. I'm going to ask Helen to share a word of testimony with us um, about healing. Morning, everybody. Morning, Helen. <laughs> I only decided to do this before. Um, some of you may have realised that I haven't been around over the last few weeks. And um, I just want to tell you why that is. Um, on September the 4th, uh, I was diagnosed with a very aggressive tumour and I was told that I would need surgery and six to 12 months of chemotherapy and radiotherapy and other treatments as well. And um, for those of you who have known Martin and I and know what it's been like for us over the last two years with things that have happened in our family, um, I think you might just understand a little bit of the absolute devastation that we both felt um, wondering how we could talk to our children about this and also just um, absolute shock and despair because life was turning around for us and we were looking, for the, looking forward to the future. And um, I basically, both of us just went into shock. Me in particular spent a lot of my time crying and asking God why and just wondering whether I could actually go through the next year of treatment and then another year of recovery on top of what we've already gone through over the last couple of years. I knew I'd get to some point where I would be okay and that point actually happened the night before surgery where I had an encounter all night with God in the same way that Martin spoke about last week which was about 
the fire of God came upon me that night. It's only happened to me once before when I was 23. And after that, I knew that I would be okay, no matter what happened. But I just couldn't tell the church, and I, 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 I just couldn't talk, because any time anytime I talked to anyone, I just cried. And I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. So I kept it very, very quiet. Um, I just asked some elders to anoint me with oil the Sunday before my operation. And um, I also just gathered around me some incredible prayer warriors and intercessors that we have, that we know. Some from here and some of our long-term friends. And, you know, they really just prayed. And that's all that I needed. Uh, like, that's all that, that you can do in times like this. So I had my surgery on October the 1st. And... Um, after that, I just, uh, you know, I was pretty unwell and all that, but it was nothing really because all I was worried about was the treatment. And in the next few months, our daughters just got engaged and I was wondering what it would be like to, what was going to happen with me, you know, whether I'd be well enough to be able to attend the wedding and all that kind of thing. Um, and so even right up until, you know, after the surgery for a couple of weeks, I was being told that, you know, I needed to have this chemotherapy and radiotherapy because the tumour is very aggressive, invasive, and it's going to um, go right through my body if I don't have this treatment. So um, two weeks later, I got the results. And the results said that um, they had got all the cancer and that it hadn't gone any further into my body. Um, and they also said that it had reduced in size by one third. But they also said that because of that, I wouldn't need any chemotherapy or any radiotherapy or anything else. <laughs> and while it's hard for me to get up and say this, because I do understand that that's not always the case, I just want to say that God is a healer. He has healed me at this point. He has totally healed me. I mean, he's not healed me at this point. He has healed me. So I would wake up in the middle of the night. This song was 24 hours a day, this song. I was singing the whole time. I am the God who healeth thee. I am the Lord, your healer. You sent your word and you healed all my disease. I am the Lord, your healer. I'd wake up in the night. I would be singing it. It was on my mind. I had intercessors. I had a husband who, when I went into surgery on the day, said to the specialist, the surgeon, as I was about to go in, excuse me, I just want to ask if you're going to give Helen a scan because I believe, we've been praying for her, and I think that her tumour's either disappeared or it's shrunken in size. Of course, they weren't going to um, give me you know, a scan when I had a whole theatre waiting for me to walk in there. But I just know that God healed me and that God's word in the name of Jesus is more powerful than any disease we can ever have, more powerful than cancer, more powerful than heart disease, more powerful than anything. I am totally healed and I, can, I believe that through Jesus you can be healed as well. Thank you. So every night, when we, before we went to sleep, I would pray for Helen and I would curse cancer and I would say, cancer, shrivel up and die. 
in the name of Jesus. Uh, but it was the cancer that Helen had was such an aggressive type that they said that she didn't have an option. She needed to go through that chemotherapy track. And, and we had faith and we prayed into this and we really believed that we could sense that God was hearing that prayer and answering that prayer. And uh, being an aggressive cancer, it was supposed to be growing and that's why we, the surgery had to be quick. Uh, but the fact that it had shrunk by a third was, was amazing. They, they measure it on the scans and the ultrasound and, and they, they work out how it was 18 millimetres and it had gone down to 12 millimetres. It's been really interesting with our YWAM team. The other day we had someone come into the church office that wanted us to pray over his house. And so I took some of the prayer of uh, the YWAM team with, with me uh, and some of our staff to pray over this house where all sorts of bad things had been happening. And, as, and we explained what was going to go on and we were going to pray against certain demonic spirits. And as soon as we started to come against these spirits in prayer, the occupant of the house jumped up, raced into the bathroom and threw up in the toilet. Whatever was in his house was also in him. So we stalled the process and he came back and we started again. He's off again. And when you minister deliverance in the name of Jesus and you see the power of the name of Jesus and you realise that in the name of Jesus demons have to flee. Someone um, was driving up to Auckland yesterday and they said, oh, I don't think I can drive. Uh, my, my, eye, my vision's just all blurred up. I'm feeling a bit sort of heady. Um, it's probably not safe on the road. And I said, well, look, can I pray for you? And he sort of looked at me as if to say, oh, yeah, but nothing's going to happen. So I prayed, and, and then he opened his eyes and says, it's amazing. I can see. I can see completely clearly. And then we rang him when he got to Auckland and said, how, how are your eyes? He says, completely fine, no problem. And so we have to have faith that Jesus still heals today. And when we appropriate that faith in the name of Jesus, we see the Lord working on our behalf. You know, some people put off becoming a Christian and others do the same with healing. It's a bit like that woman with the issue of blood. We need to determine to come to Jesus, be it for salvation or be it for healing. You may have visited many doctors and even given up on being healed. Reach out and touch Jesus' garment today. Psalm 103 verse 3 tells us, To bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins? Do you believe that he forgives your sins? If you're a believer in Jesus, of course you do. Well, in that same verse that says he forgives all your sins, it also says he heals our diseases. If you believe one, you should believe both. We believe in Jesus and are saved. We can believe in Jesus and be healed. No one can earn healing through 
good works. It's already been earned by Jesus. Everything that is needed to be done has been perfectly done in Jesus Christ. So we just have to believe it. We have to stop striving for our healing and reach out and receive it from him. The will of God is that we be healthy in body, soul, and spirit. And we're going to move into a time of communion. And in Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, it says, But he endured our suffering. That suffering that should have been ours, that pain that we should have borne, all the while we thought that his suffering was punishment sent by God, but because of our sins he was wounded, beaten, because of the evil that we did. We are healed by the punishment that he suffered. We are made whole by the blows that he received. We can declare, I am healed by the wounds of Jesus. I have been set free. All sickness, leave my body now in the name of Jesus. Now just in closing, I want to share with you a vision that's, that a person had in a service like this. It was a communion Sunday and the table was at the front of the church and as he was take, about to take communion he had this vision of what happened at the cross. Can we have the slide of Jesus on the cross? And so I want to share this with you because if you can grasp this you can have authority. You've got to, you've got to get it. It, you've got to understand, um, it might be best if the children come in a wee bit later, I think. Um, you've, you've got to get this as a revelation. It's got to actually be a real understanding. It's got to go from the head to the heart. So I'll read it with you now. He said, I saw Jesus upon the cross, hanging there. It was horrible. There was blood all over him, in his hair, down over his front and back, over his arms and legs, all over the cross. The ground was soaked in blood. He was naked. No wonder the woman stood at a distance. It was shameful to look upon a naked man. All around Jesus were the spirits and demons. Satan was also there, mocking and jeering at Jesus shouting, victory, we've won, Christ is finished. I saw the Holy Spirit leave Jesus, and he cried out to God, do not leave me. This was the moment Satan had been waiting for, ever since the temptation time in the wilderness. Satan tried to press in and completely destroy Christ, but he could not because Christ was covered with the blood. His own divine, precious blood was his covering and armour against Satan when he was defenceless. I saw that Satan was confused, yet he still shouted victory. These demonic beings saw that Jesus was about to give up his spirit and the command of Satan, at the command of Satan, they all left. And they went down to the throne room of hell and waited for Jesus to come to hell. Satan took his seat on the throne in hell. 
I saw Christ release his spirit, and then he died. I then saw Jesus standing at the doorway of the throne room of Satan. All the princes of the demonic forces lined either side of the throne room and formed a passageway all the way to the throne of Satan. Christ, without saying a word, began to walk towards Satan. As he came along that passageway, the demonic princes and demons, one by one, fell at his feet and said, You are Lord. Satan couldn't believe his eyes. He was speechless. Finally, Christ stood at the base of the throne. He stretched out his hand. Satan rose and walked towards him. Then I saw Satan give to Jesus a bunch of keys. There were names written on them. And these were some of the names I saw. Fear, death, hate, sickness and immorality. Then Satan fell down before Jesus and said, You are Lord. I then saw Christ raise up his foot and crush Satan under it. Christ then turned and walked out of hell. When I asked what the significance of the vision was and what Jesus was saying to us through it, Jesus spoke to me and said, You've got to realize the power of the blood and the victory that is in it. So to have authority over demonic forces, we have to know our authority in the blood of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You don't just say something and hope it happens. You know that you have the authority and you command that it happens in the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, demons have to flee. And so there, uh, it was interesting with the, with the YWAM team because after our encounter in that house, we were walking back to the church. And, and I said to the team leader, I, I said, oh, did you do much deliver, teaching on deliverance in your DTS? And he said, oh, we spent a whole week on it. But that was our first practical. <laughs> it's one thing to know about it. It's another thing to know that you've got that authority and when you're aware that you're coming up against a powerful spiritual force, instead of being fearful, you know the power that you have in the name of Jesus and in the name of Jesus, demons will have to flee. So, as you take communion this morning, I've got a, um, a prayer on the screen. And I want you to pray this prayer as you take it. Now, most of you won't have a problem with sickness or deliverance or anything like that. But it's interesting, sometimes when we come against something, I've shared with you my own testimony of deliverance and how... Helen was in this YWAM, Y1 team. And Bill Sabrisky came along and prayed over the whole team. And he said, this whole team has got a spirit of lust. And Helen rings me up and tells me all that happened. 
And I said, oh, I don't think I've got a spirit of lust. And uh, she said, no, what did you say? (laughs) No, you've got a spirit of pride. (laughs) And so I got out jogging that day and I, I wonder if I do have a spirit of pride. Spirit of pride, if you're there, come out in the name of Jesus. And a voice in my spirit said, don't say if you're there, command it to go. Spirit of pride, come out in the name of Jesus. Well, the next minute, I'm the person that's throwing up, and thankfully I'm running through a park at the time. But not all demons manifest in that sort of way. Sometimes something just lifts off you and you feel free. And I'm not saying that all sickness is demons either, but what I am saying is that in the name of Jesus, we have authority. And when we pray for people in the name of Jesus and exercise that authority, we can see exciting things happen. So as we take communion this morning, pray the following, sickness or symptom, some ache that you've got, or spirit of, and name it. Something that you are battling with. It might even be an emotion. It might be something like anger. It might be something like bitterness. Someone's done something to you and you just can't get it out of your hand, your, your mind. And, and so come against that thing and just tell it to go. So say this, you have no right to be in me. I am free and have been healed by the stripes of Jesus. Satan's power is broken. His work is destroyed. I command him to leave me now in the name of Jesus. And lay your hands on that afflicted area and say, be gone in the name of Jesus. Identify mindsets that can bring doubt and unbelief. If you are highly sceptical and and you're listening to me now and you're saying, that's a load of rubbish. Say, unbelief, go in the name of Jesus. Spend time just listening to what God is saying to you. Seek and sense his constant, never-failing, glorious presence in everything that you do and everything that you say. So for those of you that know Jesus, those of you that have given your hearts to Jesus, you are invited to partake of communion this morning. Now at this table we have bread and we have grape juice, which is symbolic of the body of Jesus that was broken on the cross for us and the blood of Jesus that flowed, taking the punishment for our sin, for the things that we have done wrong. So as well as forgiveness of sin, this bread and this wine stands also for healing of our physical bodies. So salvation is for our souls and for our spirit, our emotions, but it's also available to us for physical healing. So take the wine as medicine this morning and say, Jesus Christ, I thank you that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me from all sin. I want you to cleanse me this morning, to free me from any evil spirit or evil force, evil influence that is affecting my life so that I can walk in freedom with you 
that I can carry your power in my body and I can also pray and take authority over people that are struggling in life. So that's going to happen during the normal communion time. But if there are people here that have been battling a sickness for a long period of time and you don't seem to be getting anywhere and you want special prayer, then we have oil that we will anoint you with. Now, when I anoint someone with oil, I usually just put my finger in olive oil and paint a cross on their forehead. That's applying anointing oil, which is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And then you can tell us what your problem is, and, I, and we've got YWAM ministry people and other ministry leaders in our church and we will pray for you. And the key to effective prayer ministry is listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying. He knows you. He knows you on the inside and the outside. And so if we are in tune with the Holy Spirit and we just get a word or we get a feeling and we confront that thing or that problem, we can see God do a work in this place this morning. Let's pray. Father God, we know that you confirm your word by signs and wonders. Lord, we thank you for Helen's testimony. We thank you that this fearful force that was consuming her and bringing great fear into her life has been dealt with. Lord, we know that there are people here that are battling sickness in all sorts of ways this morning. Lord, I pray that you will move amongst us, that you will bring healing to your people this morning. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he suffered so that we can live, that he paid the price so that we can be let off and that we can become sons and daughters of the King, brothers and sisters in Christ, and that we also can carry the authority and the power that Jesus had. So be with us now in a special way. Amen.